This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. It's great to have you along here on Where Parents Talk, our weekly look at raising kids today through the eyes of science, evidence, and other parents. Hello, my name is Leanne Castellino. You're listening to us on 105.9 The Region. Managing both work and family is a fact of life in many households today. The juggling act of meeting the needs of children while addressing the demands of the workplace can be a constant challenge. Our guest today lives that reality at an intense level. She is a former journalist, an author, and a mother of two. Marcy Ian is also Canada's Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth. After a 30-year career in television, she made a wholesale career change at the age of 50, entering politics. Minister Ian joins us today from Ottawa. Thank you for taking the time. It's so good to be with you, Leanne. Great to see you. Same here. It's been a couple of years now since you decided on the huge move from journalism to politics. What has that transition been like for you as a parent? You know, it is um, the basis of everything, and it's where I started when I decided to make the leap. I had to go to my kids, and I had to ask them whether this is something that uh, they could do, because this is a team sport. It isn't just about me. And at that time, Blaze was 15 years old, and Dash was eight years old, and we decided uh, as a family, with Blaze actually leading the way, that we would do this. So has it been easy every step of the way? No. Um, Do I sometimes um, feel immense guilt? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I know that I'm in a place where I can impact and affect change in this country, along with my colleagues. And That is going to be better, not just for my kids, but kids right across this country. My kids understand how important it is to have diversity of voice at a table in places where those voices aren't always welcomed, in places where those voices um, aren't always heard. And so they appreciate exactly where I am and why I'm doing this. And I try to, I just try to do it all. That's what I, I don't know that I do it all well all the time, but I I try to, I try to do it all. It's an interesting approach that your starting point was going and having that conversation with your children, even though they were on the younger side. What kind of changes have you and have they had to institute in order to make it all work? It means calls, uh, Zoom calls instead of you know, being in person, it means, you know, sometimes putting Dash to bed and talking to him on the phone or doing a FaceTime call and reading a story because we're in two different places. It means sometimes going over homework assignments uh, with Blaze or having her email me things to get my opinion on something that she's written. It means less time together, but it also means getting creative. So last summer, for instance, um, I had to travel a bit for work 
And I bought Blaze a couple of tickets and she came with me and she got to see what we do as a team. And that was a real eye-opener for her because she understood where I was uh, when I wasn't always there and understood the job to the fullest and appreciated that. Um, there are times uh, where, you know, I have events in my riding of Toronto Centre, be it, you know, in Regent Park or Cabbage Town or the village, St. Jamestown, whether it's picnics, I've got a festival coming up, um, you know, in, in a few days. And he'll come with me. And um, the good people of my riding know him well. <laughs> a lot of them ask whether he'll be attending uh, different events. And so he becomes part of things. And I think, Leanne, that's a huge part of this, that my kids have become part of this. Because as I said, it's a team sport. So they are involved. Uh, I've often said that my wisest advisors are my youngest ones. And I ask my kids for advice all the time. So they are involved from top to bottom. Scenarios, what would you do in this case? Or how would you deal with this? And it's surprising how good that advice is. <laughs> well, and the way you describe it, it's such a rich learning experience for them, right? At, at such a young age and seeing things and being exposed to things in real time and watching their mom mm -hmm. at work. You are certainly no stranger to managing uh, career and family life. Uh, you did it for many years while having to get up in the middle of the night and work in the early morning hours. So how would you characterize your overall approach to trying to manage those two important jobs? I threw balance out the window, completely threw it out the window because I had to. Um, the whole idea of being 50% here and 50% there and balancing work and balancing personal life. It just wasn't working. And I found, frankly, the guilt overwhelming that I wasn't being the mom that I should be. I wasn't home every night and I couldn't make every field trip and I couldn't bake cookies and I couldn't do all those things. And it became a situation where I thought, okay, so when I'm with you, I'm with you. And that became my mantra, that if I'm with you, I am completely with you. Um, and, you know, so sometimes it's an 80-20 situation. Sometimes, you know, work takes over because it has to. And then sometimes that is reversed. But just getting rid of that, because the negative self-talk is a thing, that whole idea of you're not doing what you need to do as a parent because you're not there as much as every other parent. And, you know, what kinds of choices are you making? I realized that I'm modeling something for my kids and I want them to see a mom who is confident in what she's doing, is strong with regards, has a strong work ethic, but loves them more than anything and that the two can coexist. It's just not 50-50 all the time. We are in conversation with the Honorable Marcy Ian, Federal Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth. Minister Ian, any suggestions for other mothers, other parents listening to or watching this interview who might be contemplating a major career move or a move into politics with such an intense spotlight on not just them, the individual, 
but on every aspect of their life, what kind of tips could you provide them going through it yourself? I am so happy you asked this question because I think it also speaks to timing. I was 50 plus years old when I decided to make this change. So at a time when many would be contemplating retirement in five, 10 years, or looking at some sort of long-term plan, uh, most certainly not contemplating throwing their life up into the air and, and, and running in a by-election. A lot of people thought I had lost my mind. A lot of them they said, what do you mean? You are 50 years old, 51 years old, and you're about to do what? But I um, offer that lesson, particularly to women of a certain age who think they're done or who think that, you know, they might want to do something, but they're scared and understandably so, because um, it's nice to be comfortable and change sometimes hurts. Change is, is, is decidedly not comfortable, but I do believe that that's where the learning happens, but it takes a lot of courage. And I was scared to death. I knew after having conversations with my family and in particular my kids that we were going to do this, that I was going to do this, but I was scared because of course scared of the unknown. I interviewed politicians. I was never going to be one, except now I am. But um, a huge leap, yes, absolutely worth it. Am I learning and leading? and part of change and getting to have conversations with young people and women and gender diverse people and across this country and develop policy absolutely would i want it any any way else right now absolutely not so i would encourage it it's just that you you need a big dose of of courage and um it also takes somebody or people seeing in you what you don't particularly see. It takes that too. Because I didn't see this for me. And so maybe there's a person or people in the lives of maybe people listening or watching this that have encouraged them to kind of go after that change and, and do what they really want to do, what makes their heart sing. and. Those are the people that we have to listen to more. We do. We have to, we have to listen to those, those people more. You talk about learning. And as a journalist, certainly in your former life, that was a constant in terms of what you did for a living, learning about people, telling their stories. What would you say that you have learned about yourself? And as well, what have you learned about your children along this particular leg of your journey? That we are highly adaptable, Leanne highly, uh, more so than, than I ever thought possible. I never saw this for us, but we're doing it and we're doing it well and we're doing it together. So um, I've learned just how adaptable I can be and most certainly how, adapt how adaptable my children are. Is there anything that you wish that you knew at the start of your entry to politics about how it would affect parenting that you now know? The time. I knew that time, you know, the investment of it would be huge. But um, it's even more than I thought. 
it's absolutely more than I thought because I serve a lot of people. And if my job in Ottawa is done, you know, on, on a Friday night at 9 p.m., um, there is work to be done in my constituency with those that elected me on the weekends. And I try to make it a lot more than the weekends um, because, um, you know, it's, it's the people that elected me that I am beholden to. The country, yes, but in particular them. And so it becomes seven days a week and, and is. There isn't a ton of time to turn off. I've tried to do a lot better with that. But, and I, listen, I, I don't take my own advice. And I realize this because I, this is what I tell all my friends, make sure you, you know, make time for you and take time and do all the things And then, you know, I don't a lot of the time. Um, but it is, it is. And that's why my kids end up coming, they come with me and they experience all of this with me because that's how we fit our time in. It is time for a short break here on Where Parents Talk. When we come back, learning from other parents on Parliament Hill, social media, and more. Our conversation with Marcy Ian, Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth, continues in a moment. Stay with us. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. Our guest is Marcy Ian, Federal Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth. She's also an author and a mom of two, an 18-year-old daughter, and an 11-year-old son. You talk about the constituents in your riding um, if Toronto Centre, many yes. of them from St. Jamestown and Regent Park. Many of them parents, many of them mothers in particular, struggling during these turbulent financial times, certainly. What are you hearing from these parents and about how difficult it is raising kids today against that kind of backdrop? When my parents emigrated from Trinidad, St. Jamestown um, is, is where they came. They came here, came to Canada to go to school. And um, they couldn't afford for both to go at the same time. So my dad went first and we started in an apartment in St. Jamestown. And it's much like, it's still like that. It is, um, my riding is uh, chock full of newcomers um, and a lot of people who believe that it takes a village to raise their kids. And it's a beautiful thing to see. Still works that way. And that doesn't mean it isn't hard. And that doesn't mean money is, 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 isn't tight. But I'll tell you, um, you know, things like our childcare program, or even more so a grocery rebate. So let me give you an example. So we've got this grocery rebate and some may look at it and say, it's a couple hundred bucks. What's that gonna do? And I always think to myself, you don't know the ladies in St. Jamestown because they can take $40 and they can stretch it and they can do so much with it. 
So when we poo-poo and say, well, it's a couple hundred dollars here, or what is GST tax credit? Who cares? It's not much. These amounts mean a lot. And they provide change for a lot of people in my writing. And I've seen it. We know that during the pandemic, you know, there, there were some that were disproportionately impacted. And that's basically my writing. A lot of people were on the front lines. They were working and they continued to work. A lot of them mothers. And that meant leaving kids at home who were learning at home. It meant a lot of things. It meant mental health challenges. There are um, investments that we've made, and I was so happy to be at this one in particular, but there's a, there's a place in, in Regent Park called Vanessa, and it was started by a young woman named Numeric. And I first met her, Leanne, uh, in Regent Park, like the actual park. And she was conducting a therapy session with another young person because that is her background. And I introduced myself and I said, hi. And literally on a park bench, they were having a therapy session. And she was explaining to me that she didn't have a place to practice. She didn't have a, a, a place. She's a Muslim woman and she wanted to serve racialized kids. In, in a culturally appropriate way um, and bring, you know, much needed therapy, mental health awareness to them. So fast forward, and a couple months ago, I was in Regent Park with Minister Bennett, who is this country's first minister for mental health and addictions. And we were in Numeric's new place because Mi Minister Bennett's uh, team had facilitated that. And she was given monies, her team was, to not only uh, get a place, but to facilitate a staff. And there are kids now walking through those doors and getting culturally appropriate, which is so important, help. And it's, it's amazing. Regardless of one's socioeconomic background, we definitely live in uniquely challenging and unprecedented times if you are a parent. What would you say to your constituents and other parents who may be struggling to give them hope? So a lot of that has to do with education. I've got a couple of universities in my riding, and we talk about these things. I have talked to parents all the time, and they think about things like, well, what should my kids be taking? Because everybody, and listen, love doctors, love lawyers, but immigrant families, when I sit at round tables, want my child to be a doctor, want my child to be a lawyer. And, and I say, look at the green economy. Look at the green economy. Look at things like journalism and broadcast. Look at what we're doing right now. This is a podcast. Look at the opportunities that present themselves now and the way certain industries look in the future, because that's where jobs are. That's where they are. So it's about focusing on what's available to them. I met with a group of of young people that another MP had brought to Parliament Hill uh, today. And I was answering this very question, you know, it, it's dire, it seems dire. And I said, I see a lot of hope. And I see hope in things like, as I said, the green economy, um, AI, tech, especially for women, young women and girls. Uh, there's this huge array of opportunities and we as parents 
can make sure that our kids know about that. So really, as parents, it's making sure that our kids, our young people, know what's available for them, know what their future could look like, know uh, the trends, because that's important too, because there's a lot of hope. I know that we look at numbers sometimes and they look dire, and I'm not saying that people aren't suffering, because most definitely people are. But I would say, you know, it's about listening and it's about responding and that's happening. And I see it on many fronts. You talk about Parliament Hill. Um, Many of your colleagues are mothers themselves. I wonder what have you learned from your colleagues about this particular leg that you're on being a parent and being a politician? When you walk into this place, and look at the walls and who's on them, uh, women don't see a lot of themselves. I, I walked past a beautiful portrait of uh, Jean Sauvé, and, uh, and I think, yes, <laughs> because they're just, they're just not a lot of us. Um, or I think about people, you know, like Jean Augustine, and, and, um, It's hard not to see yourself, but at the same time, it's a quick reminder as to why we need to be here. There are 103 women on Parliament Hill. I was the 100th woman to be sworn in. There are now 103 of us. There are 338 total here. So clearly that number has to go up. The hope is when young people see us here, they understand that this is possible. They understand that there is a seat at the table for them if they so want it one day. And they understand that it's the only way, because we're talking about systems here, systems, ingrained systems, that we're going to continue to see change. So things like hybrid provisions have helped a lot. The, the ability to vote via an app, to participate in question period, to participate in cabinet, to take meetings and do so uh, using hybrid provisions have helped greatly. I have only been here a couple of years. And so when I started, everything was virtual. But we continue to have those provisions, and I see the difference that it that it makes. And I have listen. I have the great privilege of representing Toronto Centre, so a flight for me or a train ride for me isn't as bad as somebody that's coming from, say, BC or Nunavut. These are things to be considered, because for someone that's coming from BC or Nunavut uh, and working all week, traveling back home uh, becomes a pretty onerous thing. And so the question is, how much time is someone having with their family and those that support them? How much time are they with their constituents? Um, And I think these are healthy conversations and good conversations to have because it's the number one thing that I'm asked, Leanne, you know, how do you do this? How, like, can you do this? And young women in particular, is it possible? Like, how would we juggle family and all of these things? 
I'm curious, Minister Ian, as to how would you go about describing your parenting style? I'm honest, but I'm also in a position as a parent where I'm open to listening and learning. And I say that because that differs greatly from the way I grew up. And the way I grew up, with all due respect to my parents, was we're telling you something and you need to do it. There wasn't a lot of participation uh, for me as a kid. It was, here's what's happening and here's the road you're going down. But, but now it's about active participation. My kids know that they can speak to me. I definitely listen. They'll let me know if I'm not going the way they need me to be going. Uh, and I'll let them know as well. I'll give them my, my guidance as well. Um, it isn't about friendship. I, I'm not the kind of mom where I'm friends with my kids, but they know that I'm there for them. They know they mean everything and they reciprocate that. It's very much an open door. They know that they can come to me with anything. And that's really important, especially these days. An enormous pain point for parents in particular today is social media. How do you go about managing that world with an 18-year-old and an 11-year-old? It is the one thing, if my kids were afraid of anything, it was the social media aspect of this. Because before I was in this place, I got so many threats as a journalist, so many. And my kids were really worried because they said, listen, if this happened to you and you were a reporter, what the heck is going to happen, you know, if you're an elected official? And the way I saw it was, well, it couldn't possibly get any worse because it had been so bad as a journalist. My kids sometimes walk down the street and people know their names and I don't necessarily have to be there. So when it comes to things on social media, um, the thing that scares me the most is that my family is sometimes ensnared in this. The other part in navigating all of this is the whole timestamp idea, because social media shows you where you're not. And Blaze would not mind me saying this, but she had a difficult time, you know, in middle school and then into high school, um, where she could see where she wasn't invited. Uh, Minister Ian, any advice that you got from your parents, any strategies that they use with you and your sibling that have and continue to be pillars for you in your life as a mom? Oh my gosh, the work ethic. The work ethic for my sister and I. So my sister Lorraine um, is seven years older and it's just the two of us. But our parents worked so hard. My dad went to school first and he became an educator. And my mom, you know, didn't become an accountant until she was 40 because she waited and was working as a clerk for the provincial government and took courses and then became an accountant and a tax auditor uh, at the age of 40 and then did that for 25 years. That idea of perseverance where you'll work all day and then come home and study all night and somehow pass these courses and raise kids and do all of these things um, is unbelievable. 
Marcy Ian, Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth, thank you for taking the time and sharing your perspective today. Oh, loved being with you. Thanks so much, Leanne. And that is our time for this edition of Where Parents Talk. I'm Leanne Castellino. Thanks so much for listening and hope you'll join us next time. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.